Hi, welcome everyone to Pop Cult X, episode 85. Once again, Gabriel and Danny back to bring you all the news on pop culture, comic books, art, music, everything that we like, um, and some of the stuff that we don't like. So uh, once again, welcome very much. Um, Danny, how have you been? It's been uh, one week since we last pop culted. Pop culted. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new verb for everyone out there. Yeah, I like that. What did you do this week? Oh, I pop culted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, not much. I really was watching a lot of stand-up comedians this past week. I really uh, enjoyed hearing a comedian by the name of Joe Coy. He's a Filipino-American, and he's just hilarious. He has a new, I don't know if it's new, but it came out in 2022 on Netflix, and it was just funny. And he takes some time in that stand-up to talk about um, how people of color need to have their voice heard. Mm-hmm. And he spends a good five to 10 minutes on that topic. And I thought that was really interesting in his special that he's using that platform to kind of give a, a voice and amplify that. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, he's just hilarious. Some of his older specials are also on Netflix and it's just, just funny. It's been a joy to watch Joe Coy perform. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my friends, Melanie, is actually a really big fan of his. And I think has actually like become friends with him in a sense. Oh, nice. She's seen like so many shows and meets him at every event that she is able to go to his or he's performing. So I sort of know him, you know, through Well, her get him on the show then. Day. Come on. Yeah, I don't know if he's that <laughs> a friend to her or not, but yeah, I definitely will try. Um, speaking of of comedians and um, my uh, name twin, Gabriel Iglesias was in the news recently because he spent, I believe, six figures on uh, a quinceanera or, you know, sweet 15, 16 mm-hmm. birthday party for his chihuahua. <clears throat> and <laughs> there were people that are in two different camps. There were some people that were like, yeah, I love my dog. If I had that much money, I would throw them a party. <laughs> and then there were people that were like, oh, that's disgusting. Like there's so many homeless people and people that are starving that you could be feeding them. Um, I was in the camp of I would do that for my dogs if if I could afford I it. Could. Uh-huh. Um, I pretty much, I mean, <laughs> we do spend a lot of money on our dogs. <laughs> yeah, we do. We are very spoiled. Um, it's his money. I mean, it's exactly. Like, that's what I was thinking. It, it was a party. And I'm sure that it was you know, the, the people were enjoying the party. So it's not like it was necessarily specifically for the dog. A lot of people had some enjoyment and he was entertaining. So why the hell not? Like he earned the money. Uh, yeah. I saw, I, I think that that was kind of cool. I, I like he went and spent $44 billion on a social media platform, right? So. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Dude, he got you, Musk. <laughs> Who then, also speaking of comedians, I just saw, I guess, today or yesterday, it was released that he went on stage with Dave Chappelle, I guess, at some show in San Francisco and was booed off the stage. So, yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, I feel like his his fans are slowly waking up to maybe that he's like mm-hmm. not the weirdo that they thought he was um but it, obviously it's still in development we'll see how it ends but um yeah i, I mean i'm you know i'm not a fan i deleted my twitter <laughs> i'm still surviving on instagram through you know my social media and, and and whatnot so uh but as far as movies and pop culture stuff um i saw a really cool movie last night um that is based off of a short story by stephen king um, of course, because I'm old, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's on Netflix and, um, it's, I think it's like Mr. So-and-so and Mr. Harrigan's phone. Yes. Yes. Did you finally, watch you watched it? Yeah. I mentioned it like a couple episodes ago. It's, yeah. it's really good. I liked it. Yeah, it is really good. Um, so for, for those of the people who haven't seen it, it's, it's based off of a short story by Stephen King, who is, you know, uh, horror God, you know, novelist, uh, storyteller, um, and it's about this young boy who gets hired by a billionaire to read him books and mm-hmm. sort of entertain him. And they become great friends. Years later, he passes away and crazy stuff starts to ensue. Uh, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It definitely gave me a little bit of like Mr. Burns, Bart Simpson's vibes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's an actual episode of, of where Mr. Burns realizes that he doesn't have um, anyone to... to mm-hmm kind of pick up the the mantle um for him so then he gets Bart Simpson to be his protege 
and then you know it it, it doesn't work out but it kind of reminded me of that a bit um and and uh, but it was really cool donald sutherland plays the the older man yeah and he's just a brilliant brilliant actor yeah like, i don't is. think there's anything he's ever done that he just doesn't make better by being in it. He's a, a, an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the feeling of the, of the movie, obviously, like I can relate to it, like not being the most popular person in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was really cool. I really liked it. I thought it was a yeah. good uh, little movie or or series. And it wasn't a series, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a movie because yeah. it seemed like it was a little short. It was it was a shorter film, but I would call it a movie. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the, I mean, there aren't any like it's not super scary or horrific or horror. It's more in like the realm of like suspense, maybe mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. kind of like an eerie uh, vibe. Eerie vibe, yeah, definitely. And you're gonna love this little transition I'm about to do right now for you. So right. the actress who played his teacher, the boy's teacher, Mrs. Hart, her name is Kirby Howe Baptiste. And I thought if Nita Ha's Nightmare Blog ever gets made into a film or a series, she would be perfect for the lead character of Nita Ha's. She had that whole vibe already there. And I mentioned that only because last week we teased you guys on a special guest interview. And that is going to be, we'll announce it now, it's Jason Sean Alexander, who is the artist and creator, along with Rodney Barnes, of Philadelphia and Nita Ha's Nightmare Blog. So look at that transition. That's How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I got to pat myself on the back for that yeah, one. So, <laughs> Well, let's go ahead. You know what? Let's just play this that interview, the conversation we just had with Jason um, right now for everyone. Let's check it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Little Talks with Pop Cult X. It's our... Um, conversation series where we chat with a wide variety of creative people. Today, we're fortunate enough to be joined by a fantastic creative comic book artist and fine artist as well, Jason Sean Alexander. So, Jason, welcome to Pop Cult X. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, you, I was reading your bio on your website, and you're so you've been in the field for about 20 years now. And you're a multiple Eisner nominated for Philadelphia, which also spun off to Nita Ha's Nightmare Blog. And now the forthcoming um, anticipated Blackula reimagination with Zombie Love Studio. Now I'm super excited for that. I've seen some of your cover art that you've shared. So mm-hmm. I guess let's start from the beginning. What what really drew you into comic books or where did it begin? Was it fine art first or comic books first? Uh, comics first. Uh, as, as far as I get true interest, it was horror movies and I wanted, I really wanted to kind of get into special effects and makeup. And so like my high school, I spent my time like idolizing guys like Dick Smith and Tom Savini and, and, and all of these makeup guys. Uh, and then, uh, McFarland's, uh, Spider-Man, uh, came out and, uh, I had started my older brother. I kind of would get comics from him every once in a while but um i remember i was collecting wolverine and things like that but then when when uh when mcfarland hit i was just it not only blew me away but i i knew immediately i wanted to draw comics oh nice uh my my dad you know is a an amateur artist and he always i brought i was brought up with it and i always loved making art and when I saw what McFarlane was doing and story with the storytelling and mm-hmm. all of that, I was like, this, I think this Avenue, <laughs> like, and I like, I grabbed onto it. And I never like, right on. I mean, I got, I've always enjoyed comic books, but I haven't really invested in it, I guess, too recently. So one of the things that really drew me onto your artwork was one of the variant covers for Nita Ha's Nightmare Blog, I think it was issue five, where you see her traveling with all her gear in her back. Yeah. And that that just like was like, I want to know who this person is, where she's going, what is she doing with all that? Because it has like a keyboard, <laughs> it has a everything. And it's just was like so super fantastic. So that's what really drew me into that comic book to you guys' artwork there. So thank you for that. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> thanks. Thanks to Norman Rockwell. That- I yeah, did exactly. For a series of homage covers, and uh, it was it seemed perfect. 
yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how you if if you're um, how you got into to writing as well because you're a writer as well. Not only are you a visual storyteller, but you also do some some storytelling um, as well. How did that come about? That came about at the beginning because uh, after my infatuation with McFarland's style, he was the first artist I really aped and tried to emulate. Mm -hmm. um, then when I was, uh, uh, then I saw uh, The Crow. Um, and then The Crow is the, the thing that introduced me to black and white independent comics. And that changed everything. That changed my entire direction. I no longer wanted to draw superheroes and all stuff. So everything I wanted <laughs> to be dark and, and all that. And so, you know, I was so in doing that, I was getting nowhere. And it was along with my friends we, uh, who had like uh, an early manga style in the, I would say around 93. And so we were just getting nowhere submitting our work. Um, and so we're like, well, we got to just, do our own. So we self, we started self-publishing. We got a few friends together, started self-publishing an anthology. Oh, cool. And I was just so obsessed with this kind of gothic and this of the crow and all that. Like I just started writing short little short stories. And uh it kind of took off from there. And inevitably Empty Zone, which is my creator-owned book that I do for image as well, was um was one of those short stories oh, and and it it just wound up being at that time i was it was so amazing like i was discovering art writers like william gibson and those and then also uh things like sin city had just started coming out and i was seeing this over this noir narration done so beautifully Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I just want to make comics. And <laughs> I was just like, I can do this myself. Um, so I really, it's just been my bullheadedness and wanting to tell, I've really only written Empty Zone. Um, and so I've done several iterations through different companies. But um, uh, it's been, it's so essentially, uh, it's been the story that I've been trying to tell for like 20 years now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious when it comes to your inspiration, does does it come in the shape of the visuals first or the story and then you create the visuals? What's your process like? Visuals for me, you know, picture is worth a thousand words. Like those are the things that drive me to want like uh the, the you know, the words need to inspire images. Like I, I need to want to to draw this stuff. It's gotta be interesting on that level. Um, but even though like, you know, images are, are the first thing that kind of strike me, I find that like when I go running and, and all that other stuff in the morning, uh, I'm, I'm flooded by story ideas. Uh, and it's just, I don't know where they come from. I get very excited when they come in. There's a lot of them that fall to the wayside, but like, um, but when I see these story ideas, it's never... I never like want to go off and write a novel. Like I see them automatically in panel form and graphic novels and all of that. And, mm -hmm. uh, like, even though I've, I do fine art and I've exhibited all over and, and all of that, mm -hmm. there's something that, that grabbed me with those books, like the crow and things like that, that, that just made me fall in love with sequential storytelling. Like, I just don't think there's anything better. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, I get told like, dude, you exhibit in galleries. Why the hell are you going to come back to comics? These are people, these are naysayers. Um, and they just don't, there's a magic to it, man. I just, I truly love yeah. it. I, I love, I love telling, even with my paintings, they're more narrative in nature. Mm -hmm. Just because I, I, I don't want to just do guys sitting on chair. Like I want to see a, an emotion in his face. I want to see, <laughs> I want to play with lighting. I want you to wonder why he's in that chair, not just, Oh, structurally it's beautiful. I don't right. care. I want, I want you to feel something. Yeah. Uh, and I just, and so that just translates or that just came from being genuinely emotionally moved. Uh, I keep referencing the crow because that was the first time I was, like affected like i teared up reading a comic and i'm like i didn't know this was possible i thought comics were just badass 
<laughs> and then I was, you know, so that introduced me to Will Eisner's work. And then I was just floored that you could tell real human stories. And I was like, this, this is what I want to be a part of. Uh, that's why I love Rodney so much. Like it's uh, Philadelphia is such a human story. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get to next was your collaboration with Rodney. Uh, we had Rodney on the show a couple months ago, I think. And um, it was just fascinating to hear his side from the written part of it. So I'm just imagining he sends you his script, right? Or his, his, um, I guess his work up his pages. How do you take that? What What is like your process when you get his words to visualize that into a, into what we see? He, he'll get on, we'll get on the phone and, um, and he'll tell me what he's got planned two arcs down the line. Okay. Uh, and then it's fantastic. And like, in that point, it's kind of fun. Cause then if I have ideas or suggestions, I throw them out at that stage and then see if they get ground up and then spit out through the, <laughs> um, and so, but then, yeah, the scripts come and that's what I, I tell people. I genuinely get to be a fan because I love his writing so much that I, I have that moment where I get to just, you know, read the script myself. Right. And it's the only time I'm ever going to get surprised by what happens. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I make the most of it. Uh, and then, um, and then I'm, you know, blown away. I'm just, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. And then I immediately go to page one layouts. So I, cause it's just fresh and I'm visualizing the whole scene. Uh, and that's one of the things I love about working uh, with Rodney is that I can see his words so clearly in my head. Mm. Um, other writers, I feel like I'm trying to maybe improve on or make more cool the images. Mm. Uh, but I find with Rodney, it's it's genuinely me trying to match the words. I love, I love the specificity of his scripts, uh, so I can make people genuinely doing facial expressions that match certain parts. Like, uh, but they're so moody, and I just I really want to, I really want to live up to everything that when I first read that script, I'm just I see it like a movie, and so yeah. my goal from that point is to try to help you guys see it like a movie. Uh, and luckily, he said his words just kind of work for me. Like his pace, you know, the pacing, the descriptions. Mm -hmm. I just, I see it, and I, I, I dig working with him. I'm curious, how did you guys get to that point? How do you, how do you develop that type of relationship where there's, you know, that um, synchronicity between the writer and the artist? Did you have to work at, at that? Did you guys like hang out and, and like vibe off of each other? Or is that just part of the magic that you hooked up with someone that you so easily connected with? Flip it. Uh, in that Ronnie and I are, 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 we definitely work together so well, but it's, it is that creative passion and that, that kind of imagery that never needed to have any level of warm up. Oh, okay. um, be, and we needed that because we we're like an old married couple and at the especially i would especially at the beginning like <laughs> we were just like we would just butt heads they would be weeks apart from talking to each other we would just piss each other off uh and 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 it kind of was just a a, a consistent i'm just like and he said this to me numerous times he's just like every time i'm mad at you then you turn in a page and then i'm just like oh i can't be mad just, that's beautiful. <laughs> and i'm the same way i'm just like i don't do good and then i get a script and i'm like but it's brilliant <laughs> uh, and so so much the creative side like we're you know i tend to blame it that we were we genuinely we said we share the same birthday so i'm like we're just oh. you know we're just we're linked in so I think so creatively <laughs> we're just we're there. Uh and yeah. thank God because we would kill each other otherwise. <laughs> um I'm curious when it comes to character design or creation, do does do you ever base it off of someone that you come across in life and you're like, I just really dig the way that person looks and their vibe? Like I want to integrate them somehow, somewhere into my work. And you kind of put that in your catalog. And then when the right character comes up, you're like, yep, I know exactly who that person <laughs> is. Or, or is there, 
<laughs> or is it like completely like on the spot? Like, oh yeah, she's got long hair. This she wears glasses. Like, this is the kind of person that that you know the writer is telling you who they are. I, uh, especially when starting a new a new character, a new script, I I absolutely go it that way. I imagine her first. I then start doing a model search uh, and that type of thing. Oh. Um, uh, oftentimes, especially with the schedule that we've kept with Philadelphia, I. I prefer to shoot all the reference myself, but oftentimes I jump to like, um, I have to jump to like the stock stuff here and there. Um, but, but inevitably I have a face model, you know, for whoever I want to, that, that's kind of unique, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really, I'm trying to, to, to match whatever I read. <laughs> like, <laughs> however I see them, like, I mean, uh, and then because I shoot models for everything, I love basing the work in, in reality. So you kind of have that kind of believability with the with the crazy. Um, but the uh, and so especially with Philadelphia, I was fortunate. You know, I live in L.A. My wife's an actor. Her friends are actors. And so you could just get linked up with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's uh, the actor Phil Morris uh, was kind enough to pose for Sangster um for the comic and so uh if you guys don't know him google him uh <laughs> phil morris is is a genius and he's brilliant and uh and he just loved posing for sangster so it was just it was just cool to have somebody that has his level of resume uh mm-hmm. just rocking vampire stuff with me it was neat. <laughs> he's just such a huge comic <laughs> i keep finding all of these like hollywood comic book fans it's wonderful yeah yeah and I would say linking the Hollywood with your artwork, the scope, it is very cinematic, your art style, especially with Philadelphia and Nita Haas. Can we expect more of the same in Blackula with that whole cinematic, a lot of dark, empty spaces? And, you know, I guess they're creatures of the night, right? So it's to be expected. <laughs> uh, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, Blackula actually will be a different beast in that it's, uh, even though it's digital, it's a fully painted book. Uh, it's just me on the art. Uh, okay. and, um, it's not a, I love like one of my favorite things is ink. I love line art. I love, I love how dramatic you can get with it. I love the horror aspect of it. Um, but this, we wanted something special. We wanted it way more, I consider it more cinematic. So I wanted to do it in a full painted style. Uh, so I think you're actually going to see a level up, uh, in black. Oh, nice. I, right like we're, we're both like kind of patting ourselves on the shoulder like we're very <laughs> proud of like very pretty uh, and by very yeah. pretty i mean pretty fucking bloody like so it's <laughs> <laughs> right on i know when um we had rodney on we talked about zombie love studios and how he mentioned that you hated the name of it at first i think now is that something that you've you've grown to enjoy or at least like it is i I hate that man for being right so often <laughs> because Philadelphia, even though I, I grew to like it, it took a lot of convincing for other people to like Philadelphia. And they were like, it seems almost a silly name for what this book is. And we're like, Hellboy is a silly name, but you hear it enough times. It's legit. Right. Uh, and so I hate that because it, it tends to be right more often than not. And so I was not a fan and now I'm so used to it. I'm like, yeah, zombie, let's see. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, he has, a, he has a way about him to, yeah. So, I'm curious. Um, there recently, I've I've been hearing a lot about artists and their work being dark, and um, a lot of uh, you know, media saying having criticism of of artists that are quote dark and i'm curious if 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 you've encountered this of when people see both your fine art and the comic books that you work on if there's this expectation of who you are as a person as being this like dark gothic like horror like serial killer in disguise and and you're like yeah i'm a normal guy like i just happen to draw like vampires um, cause I, I feel like people can't distinguish between the art and like the person and, and their expression may be on the dark side, but them not necessarily being like an evil person just because the art looks a certain way. Right. Um, 
I I was uh, either I was I was just reminded from my wife that my mother-in-law, when they first um, saw an exhibition of mine, was quite concerned, uh, <laughs> both about myself and her choice of me. Um, and so she's like, "It's so dark. Is just is he okay?" And it's like, um, "There's and it's so funny." I. When, when I when I consider my especially my fine art, I do get put into the dark category. But um, I consider artists like Chet Zar and these kinds of guys like dark. Like these guys are painting monsters and they're painting things you know coming out of the darkness. Um, I tend to paint um, when whenever I do paint, I just I tend to paint very large spatial paintings of loneliness. Um, uh, and, and being, you know, and then that kind of a thing. Um, and so I'm not using dark colors. I'm not making bloody images. I actually don't do that kind of a thing with, with the fine art. But when it comes to subject matter, uh, it, it just tends to be more introspective and 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 deeper. And I, when you do something that makes people feel uncomfortable, you get called dark. <laughs> so I'll take it. So, I mean, and also I love dark. So, I mean, it, then you get to my comic book work and then I get to live my fantasy of being a special effects artist and just put blood on everything. <laughs> um, so, um, and, but uh, the only thing I can kind of come up with is that I have a huge imagination. Um, and subconsciously I probably work through a whole lot of stuff that makes me able mm -hmm. to be a happy go lucky dad <laughs> and the other, <laughs> but when I'm working, <laughs> you know, I've always felt that, that like the people that you have to worry about are the ones that that appear more sanitized that are, you know, the tie is like perfectly straight. Um, yeah. That, that everything is in its place it, because there's a lot of pent up aggression in that person that they're not expressing. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, the human experience has ups and downs and light and darkness and all of that. And if someone tries to portray just the positive sunflowers and sunshine, there's something going on behind that. But you know, that's, that's, yeah. who do you who do you know in this personally? Who do you know that has their shit fully together? No one. no one so if someone's coming off that way <laughs> oh you're hiding something yeah. i there's something that's always way more attractive to me about honesty yeah. and I, that's i would i would describe that in my painting i was like i would just try to paint as honest as possible if i started trying to get too flowery or too pretty with certain elements i think you know i would have to take you know take a moment back and slap it away start over i'm like no where you know and, and kind of like recenter myself get back to where i need to be and then start over but like but you can see honesty you can see when people are faking it yeah i, I think i'm curious if you find that that's one of the difficult things as an artist is not so much learning the technical aspect of being an artist but the honesty with yourself and what you want to express and finding something that is legitimate uh, versus just creating pretty pictures to, to sell for a com commercial value. Um, do you, I mean, is that something as an artist you feel is the most difficult part of it or because you're a good artist that just comes to you naturally? <laughs> I, 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 Rodney and my wife and several other people want to strangle me for this, but for uh, up until just a couple of years ago, I was still a very self-conscious artist. Um, and I felt there's a certain part of me that loves art that wants to see like figurative work be exaggerated and crazy and weird. Uh, and then, but I, uh, I kind of came up through learning from guys like Kent Williams and these other painters that were very figurative and realistic and, and that kind of a thing. Uh, and so I did fall into a place where for a good few years, especially yeah, when I started on Spawn, when I started on Philadelphia, uh, I definitely felt as though I was, I needed to exhibit what people, I assumed people were expecting. Hmm. Uh, I need to make sure this isn't as dramatic as what Todd was doing, because you know, because that's not me. People expect this mm -hmm. of me, so I want to do this as good as possible. Uh, and I enjoy kind of doing that, but at some point I started feeling uh, you just 
unfulfilled. You know, just every time I would turn in an issue, I would be like, you know, you could have pushed it. It yeah. could have been better. And and finally, at a place, probably just, a, you know, and granted, you know, it took way too long, but like, you know, I'll take it whenever you get it, that uh, I finally hit a place where I was just, uh, I just kind of hit like a fuck it moment. And it was just like, why am I second guess? Mostly, I think <laughs> we have this fear of that if we cut loose in our art, then people will look at it and be like, oh, that guy can't draw. And now I'm like, oh, but I've got 24 years of a career, so I can cut loose. And if someone says that, I can point to 24 years, you know, of, of Spawn <laughs> and Hellboy and Philadelphia. And like, so I feel like I just kind of have enough behind me now. And uh, I'm really, I'm, if there's anything, I'm so excited about these next projects coming up because I'm just allowing myself to play more visually. Cool. Uh, hopefully you see the style start changing more and more throughout, but um, uh, I hope so because I just want to, I want to experiment more. I think comics are brilliant and um, I want to, I want to see what they can do. Very cool. When you're um, creating your art or comic books, do you have to have a certain environment around you? Do you have to have it quiet? Do you blast some music? Um, what's that like for you? I have a, I have an outside um, office studio that I go to. I have two kids, so I need an outside <laughs> thing. Um, it is it is made to absolutely accommodate my crazy ass ADHD. Uh, so when you ask like the environment, I don't know. Depends on what <laughs> I feel like that day. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I have three very different workstations in my office. So it's both of sitting, standing, and then a flat table to just kind of go nuts on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have earbuds outside uh, music. I have everything to satisfy whatever weirdness I'm going to come up with that day. Nice. Like, oh, I want to stand up, but I don't want to listen to music in my ear. I want to, I was like, I got that covered. <laughs> um, so, but essentially like my, most of my, it's just made it sound like I'm an insane person, <laughs> well, three different work areas for one person. Um, but the, uh, my, for the most part, um, I stand and I have some kind of, uh, depending on the project, I have some kind of metal playing. <laughs> so with, with the comics, it's always metal. Um, okay. With painting, it's, it always seems to be um, like Miles Davis and stuff like that. A lot of blues. Nice. Um, but for comics, they all seem to be crazy lately. And so Slipknot seems to be the choice. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like your comic book creation playlist of all the metal music that I you do. like. I do. Nice. <laughs> I do. It's just called Get to Work. <laughs> 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 get to work hey it works for me <laughs> a lot of times I, I i find that i go back to like musicians or bands that i listened to when i was like in college you know first couple years in college or late high school and i just kind of listen to that nonstop. so i almost have to force myself to discover new artists so that you know i can hear new stuff uh is there anyone new that's kind of inspiring to you or someone that's like you're really digging right now as far as music is concerned Oh, that's cruel. Now I'm going to feel like <laughs> you just described me and then you're like, do you know it? No, I don't. <laughs> We're all in the same boat then, I think, because I do yeah. the same thing. Yeah. I find it hard to find new musicians. Like you were mentioning the Crow and like the Crow soundtrack is like one of my favorite soundtracks yeah. ever. Yeah. What's worse is I'm going to be on an old man pedestal for a moment and be like, I don't think they make music the same way. And mm -hmm. I'm going to, like, this isn't a, I just, I, I know music people, Grammy-nominated friends, and they will tell you that music is not what we've got in, like, yeah. the 90s and early, you know. Yeah. Um, that said, like, nostalgia plays too heavy a role in some of it, so if I listen to it while I'm working, I just want to stop and just listen to, <laughs> or listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you know, if Primus comes on, I'm not going to work. I'm just going to sit there and listen to Les Claypool be insane. Uh, but so I have a very, um, like Delta Blues are, are great playlists for painting. 
I, I like a lot of sound, a lot of movie scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anything to set the mood. But yeah. um, as far as enjoyment in the car, yeah, it's like the Crow soundtrack. You know, all the fun ninety. <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah, that's very true. So, Gabe mentioned music. What about um, any other medium that you would maybe you're not creating at the time and you want to enjoy yourself relaxing? Is there any kind of like movie genres? You mentioned horror movies earlier. Do you find yourself gravitating still to horror movies? Or is there anything in particular you like currently out there? I love horror movies. At some point, um, I mean, I know I'm going to draw comics until I can't anymore. Um, but I would love when I am taking breaks, I would love to 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 direct and get behind actually nice. make, making these. I just I grew up with them. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, uh, and now, of course, I'm going to fight to find one that's actually kind of gotten me lately. But I, there's not. <laughs> well, I, think- I, I found myself going back to the, to the old ones again. <laughs> Uh, very true i think though um recently there's been like a resurgence with really good horror movies out there um like barbarian and stuff like that which just like they go they take it to that next level that sometimes was often in the recent past been just not there yeah i'm i'm torn i'm i'm waiting i i know i haven't seen smile yet um and i thought it follows was interesting I have mm-hmm. barbarian. I, I fell out of barbarian pretty quick just from storytelling. Yeah, I know. Um, there were there too many, like, nobody would do that at the beginning. Uh, but, um, uh, but I haven't seen one that's really just, you know, had me all the way through, um, like back in the day. <laughs> so, right on. Right on. Um, but I've heard, I've heard good things like smile and things like that. I'm, I'm up for it. I'll always watch them. Uh, but I haven't been thrilled with like the, I don't know if this just, just punishes me or not or whatever, but I thought the last couple of Halloweens were, didn't really live up to what they could have been. <laughs> um, I just haven't been blown away with horror. Like I tend to like my most recent things, I tend to keep going back to the two thousands of like um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, and that was when they were doing the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, those were, those first offs were great. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't any, had anything to that's really just like had me tense the whole way through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I view horror movies. I don't really I enjoy them as movies, but I don't get scared or tensed up by them. Yeah. Me, they got to let me direct a couple. We'll see if I can. There you go. <laughs> I agree. Let's get let's get you directing some horror films. I want to see those. I love it. Um, we just recently um, were reviewed. It's kind of an older movie. Um, have you heard of Neon Demon? No, um, no. It, it's if it, it, it's not necessarily. A, um, I mean, I wouldn't consider it a great horror film, but it's a very visually interesting film, um, and it it does take place in L.A. Um, talks it, kind of a metaphor for you know Hollywood and the fashion industry and how people kind of get, you know chewed up and spit out in a way yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but really really interesting visuals you can almost watch it on mute in a way um because the, the visuals are very interesting that's true um, you could yeah yeah oh, wow. it, it's uh it's 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 a really interesting movie it's it's um like you know danny was saying not something that you're necessarily going to be scared of uh but just a beautiful movie visually. So I don't know, maybe that, that's a recommendation for me. If you want to check out something relatively new, um, when it yeah. comes to movies, I tend to like sort of the old where it's like horror slash comedy. It's kind of cheesy, kind of makes you laugh at some point. Then right. some parts of my favorite all time is return of the living dead. Um, oh. Classic for me. Like, I mean, did, I'm sure they existed before that. It felt like that thing that, it just created a genre of, of comedy horror or, and it was, the thing was that the comedy was really dark comedy. It wasn't really like a mm-hmm. slapsticky. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, I had that movie. Yeah, you're right. Like I laugh and like, there are moments it scares the hell out of me, which also, by the way, first running zombies, even though 28 days later, gets all the credit for it. There's this, this parking lot scene where you see these zombies trucking it after those kids. Mm-hmm. First running, and, and I remember that from the start because it scared the hell out of me. 
I'm like, they're running. <laughs> like that was, and they, the shot was just this big wide parking lot thing where you just see these guys running down this thing and then this pile of zombies trucking it. I was like, oh my God. Now, and, and they had semi, like they were semi-intelligent. Like there was the ones that get on the walkie-talkie, like send more cops or whatever. And, and, you know, the one that's on the table that's like talking about why she likes to eat brains. It, it was a, it's a great movie. I love that. Yeah. Movie. It's incredible. And then they they kind of they spoof themselves a little bit more on the second one, mm-hmm. uh, where they really go for the brains and all of that kind of jazz. But the uh, I remember in the second one they spoofed that send more cops. By then they they stopped and asked the uh, zombie who the president was. <laughs> he was like, like, Nobody's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but those were those were a great series of movies. <laughs> um, so I see. Oh, go ahead. My favorite, my favorite of all time is um, my favorite movie. Period is Jacob's Ladder, which oh, has like yeah. the the emotional stuff and the horror, which yeah. is everything I want to do. <laughs> that movie was great. I remember watching that for the first time, and the twist at the end. I was just it just blew me away. I, yeah, I was I was just. Yeah, that per- I was what was it like eight, eighteen or nineteen, and it was just this perfect sponge, and it just yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it still holds up. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um. So I want to just ask real quick about your um, the art you work you did for comic books that relate for films. I see you did Pan's Labyrinth, Predators, Mad Max. Now, how was that translating it from like a movie cinema to a, a comic book of a printed form? How was that like for you? Uh, I'm, I'm, that was being a traditional artist. It was almost like it was like pulling teeth. Like I wanted to participate mm-hmm. in these motion comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was just like reinventing the wheel each time I had to like do a layer of a guy and then a thing. So I wound it wound up being more arduous because I wanted to do an amazing motion comic. Um, I have it's ironic. I haven't done one since I've gone digital, which I can actually just do them. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but that's I, when I was asked to do Penn's Labyrinth. Uh, that was the first one ever. I was like, oh, the you know, and I didn't do a great motion comic, but I did do some cool drawings. But I did the story of the Pale Man. So they sent me a DVD of the just just that scene and it was unfinished. And so I'm like, let's just see what this movie is going to be. And it was the film. <laughs> I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> he just puts the, you know, at this point, none of this had been released. And so he, uh-huh. I'm watching him put the eyes in his hands. I'm like, you're kidding me. <laughs> I was just and then it was over. I'm like, how am I supposed to draw this? uh it was incredible it was a it was a it was a great challenge but i was just uh and so then i became a del toro fan from that point yeah i just really heard of him and then i went straight to uh devil's backbone oh nice and it was just man have you seen any of his cabinet of curiosities that he produced or the new pinocchio film yet i'm excited to see pinocchio um, I like some of the curiosities. I thought some of the pacing was a little weird, but yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to just sit here and just like. Shh. <laughs> no, we're not giving any. You're not there. Any. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Uh, yeah. Um, lo- looking into your work, um, I saw that that you you've done Patreon and you've open up conversations with, you know, other artists where you talk about, you know, art and, and, you know, maybe the, the tools that you use and things of that nature. Um, what made you want to, to be kind of like an open book and share? Cause a lot of artists don't like talking about their process and the tools they use or, or what they use for reference. Um, why did you choose to, to be kind of not a gatekeeper and kind of open yourself up to other artists? That's awesome. I, I honestly hadn't even considered it being that. I um, that's cool. I, it's, I mean, it's 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 never been. I'm self-taught. I guess maybe that's it. Uh, like I genuinely had to rely on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> um, 
and and I was uh, and, you know and I was fortunate enough to share studios with with artists like Kate Williams, and I I, I learned everything, uh, and um, and because I guess I learned from him, I I, um, I I guess I'm just more excited. If someone wants to know what kind of pen it is or that kind of thing, means they're going to go home and try it, and mm-hmm. maybe you know. I feel like anybody who's scared or who's a gatekeeper really feels that what they can, what they do can be copied pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, True. I've hired numerous assistants to help me ink backgrounds. And the one nice thing I can say about myself is that apparently it's hard to do what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's taken a lot of it. I'm sitting here like just ink the background, like I do, like I do like here. And then I get something back. And I was like, that's not uh and then i was told they're like you know it's not easy to do because i jump back and forth between brushes i do a lot of push and pull uh i love jumping in i like and i did the same thing with ink i I do it with digital i did the same thing with ink i would go in heavy with with spatter or or whatever kind of color and then i would start pulling it back out with white my hands would just be covered in it by the time i was done uh i just because i even try to attempt that digitally because for me, art is just this thing where you just want to get in it. Yeah, definitely. I, I do want to end just um, with with uh, what what can our our listeners and your fans um, look forward to? What what releases you have? What work are you are you currently working on? So we can be sure to go check it out and buy it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I let me see. I have a Midnight Suns card set that's coming out through Upper Deck. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, it was fun to paint all of those guys. I've gotten to do Marvel characters on the periphery, so it's kind of I've done you know my for my Marvel I did Marvel zombies, and so I'm like all right, I did Marvel, I'm good. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, the new issue, uh, the new arc comes out uh, I think two days after Christmas. Um, the new arc is incredible. It's really incredible. Rodney is just going to blow everybody's minds. Um, uh, next month is Blackula. Uh, Blackula will be on the stands mm-hmm. everywhere. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Uh, and then summer is looking like I'm. Uh, I'll be be. I'll be bringing back Empty Zone uh, nice. potentially through Image still. Um, whole new story arcs that are designed for at least you know, three arcs um, that I'm just excited as hell to do. So a whole lot of comics I'm going to draw and write. Uh, and I'll be writing a few scripts for other artists this year. That'll oh, be my, nice. Yeah, it'll be my first time. Very cool. uh, I realize some of these ideas I have in my pocket, I'm never <laughs> going to get to. Uh, and I think they're cool enough they should exist. So, yeah, I'm gonna, we're, we're giving it a shot, just jumping in the writer's seat. Right on. Um, are you a convention guy? Do you do the the comic cons and and uh, the circuit? I I don't as much. Um, I just I enjoy being here, and really at this point, I just like making comics, uh, and so I try to do it as much as I can. But next year will be new projects, so I'll be cons next year. Um, I'm not sure. Probably, I would say roughly five i don't want to do more than that but um <laughs> I, I really am a homebody i really prefer to just make the work but um you. but we'll be i'll be promoting a lot and i want to push a lot and uh and it's truly like it's so neat to just see people so uh, <laughs> yeah so i take a couple of years off like i have and now it'll be really fun to kind of see uh fans and other artists and writers again Right on. Um, so, so in the meantime, people can find you on on Instagram. Are you on also Twitter as well? I am the same. Um, might as well just follow me on Instagram. On Twitter, I, I tend to get a little mouthy with politics. Um, so, but it's the same handle, Jason Sean Alex. Uh, that's on um, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I believe I, I probably I don't know if I died, but I have an account on there as well. If you wanted to see some art. And um, you can go but, and visit uh, to your website, studiojsa.com, and you can purchase some of your material, art, prints, and merchandise from there, too. So I want to promote that for you. You are better at this than I am, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, very cool. Um, well, 
Jason, thank you again for taking some time to talk to us today about your art and your processes and your music that you enjoy like us, the old stuff. <laughs> nice. So, we thank you very much for your time. We very much appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. This was amazing. This was really fun. Well, um, that was a great conversation. Super cool guy. Great, yeah. great artist. Um, definitely check out his work, Philadelphia. Um, look out for Blackula next month. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, love vampires. Love um, that it's with it, like with people of color. I think that that's um, oftentimes you don't see a lot of horror with representation yeah. um, like that. So that's something that I really look forward to. Um, and his fine artwork is amazing as well. If you, if mm -hmm. you have, if you're not familiar with his paintings, definitely go check it out. I went to his website and yeah. checked out some of his exhibitions that he's had and really, really cool stuff, really inspiring, um, really original. And, um, uh, in his words, really honest, um, which I mm -hmm. really appreciate. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like the fact that him, like us, gravitate back to the music of our early or late teens you know when it was actually good music so i'm glad that we're not alone in that regard yeah yeah i mean and it works out because i feel like i'm still 19 and i haven't changed. <laughs> but i still feel the same like i'm still wearing doc martens as we speak um so yeah i haven't changed since 1998 Hey, if that's who you are, nothing wrong with that. Except needing glasses. <laughs> glasses and maybe blue hair, but who's 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 looking? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that I mean, great conversation. Super grateful. Um, once again, thank you uh to Jason. And uh as far as anything else, uh anything else you got cooking that um our listeners should be looking out for, um well, any recommendations. Um, not recommendations per se. But I, we do have a poll going right now where, or where you can submit your favorite holiday movie, Christmas movie, anti-Christmas movie. It's um, a link on all of our social medias where you can go and just submit your name and just the movies that you like. And our next episode, which will be our final episode of 2022, and we're going to go ahead and just, you know, go over those and see what you guys think, what you guys like, don't like, whatnot. Yeah. I'm plugging that right now. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I'll... I'll uh... Give you a hint, I'm probably going to have an anti-Christmas as my favorite shocker for anyone that knows me or listens <laughs> to the podcast. But, um, so that that that's my hint. So look, look for all the great anti-Christmas movies out there. <laughs> I will say this, though, one recommendation. It is a Christmas movie. It is uh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and um, Octavia Spencer, I think, on um, Apple Plus TV called Spirited. It is a musical, just to warn you, but it is really good. It's a whole different take on the Christmas Carol story. So I highly recommend I watched it. I forgot to mention it last week. So spirited, go watch it. Maybe it'll make your list. Yeah. Once you're done with this episode, which if you're hearing this, you have just listened to the whole episode. So definitely then now you can turn off YouTube get off of apple or spotify wherever you're listening to us i think i checked that out there you go all right <laughs> all right cool well thank you everyone for uh tuning in to another episode of pop cult x until next time stay safe we'll see you see you everyone <laughs>